another bite-sized episode of Girls Interrupting. This week we're going to be talking about Witch Boy by podcast favorite Molly Ostertag. With me as always are Monica. I am here and I'm not making fun of Beatrice. Shelby. I would never make fun of Beatrice. And the only one who loves me, Jackie. She's not it's even so paying true. attention. I, She's on her phone. I am a perfect angel. No, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have okay. said that. I knew I shouldn't have said that. She called me perfect. Mistake. <laughs> Mistake. Rescinded. Unfortunately, can't. <laughs> so we read the full run of Witch Boy, which was excellent. What so, did you- Molly Ostertag, um, I didn't do any research before uh, reading this book. Same. Um, Me too. Is she involved with Lumberjanes? Well, I mean, she's about she's to marry Noelle. Ginger Hazing. Okay, I thought the art was maybe reminiscent of Lumberjanes. No, they do look a lot alike. Okay, though. Yeah. I thought maybe she'd worked on Lumberjanes, but no, that no. was just. I feel like they. She's worked on Lumberjanes. Lumberjanes. <laughs> she's worked on Lumberjanes in that she was in the room probably when it was being drawn. I mean, that's that's influence. Um. Well, I, I, I feel like they come from a similar school. Mm-hmm. She and Noel. No, but I I loved the art, and I'm, I just want to start with the art because um the character design was was one great thing, but the background oh art wow was oh, yeah. so, so good. well good. done like I think the first time I noticed it was in the kitchen and you know you have the characters in the foreground but like everything hanging off the walls and everything was done in in exquisite detail and I was just you appreciate when some something is is that well done agreed. Oh, and I loved I loved Aster and mm. of course I loved Charlie. Yeah. And I really liked how in the beginning of the book they have little portraits of the whole family mm-hmm. tree, which was super helpful to yeah, me because yeah. I'm pretty face blind. Yeah. And <laughs> so, doesn't even know who she's talking to right now. <laughs> it's true. Could not pick us out of a lineup. Nope. Nope. But it was nice to be able to reference that when I'm like, who the fuck this? Yeah. <laughs> It's all I heard all day. <laughs> Damn it, Beatrice. Uh, so the, for those of you who aren't familiar, the basic premise of the book is uh, there's a witch family. And mm-hmm. what that means in the context of this story is that the women are all witches, which means they can do magic, cast spells, yeah. do potions, all that sort of thing. And all the men are shapeshifters. So yes. they have it, their own brand of magic. It was a pretty subtle allegory <laughs> for trans people just like real lightly done i think well the thing is is that we live in a society where if you make it too subtle people no don't know get it yeah so and you I gotta think, hit him in the face i think it could be an oh, allegory for a lot with of multiple things. bricks yeah. yeah it is it's not just the yeah, lives of trans it's people like, it's, but it's like gender roles it's yeah. it's i actually really yeah. enjoyed the gender roles thing because yeah. like i'm wrestling with that every fucking day exactly. at work and like i like that a lot. i really enjoyed too i think that a big part of gender roles is no you can't do this because mm-hmm. whatever and this whole book was basically that and the where that that comes from a good place i yeah. think from the people who say it where they're like no we just want you to have like a normal life right. and if you don't do it this way it's gonna be harder people are gonna be mean to you mm-hmm. but in swallowing the way in which you would naturally do a thing, it poisons something inside mm-hmm. of you. And I think that that's a lot to then have to carry around and fix later. Like, my two uncles are left-handed, same with my mother, and um, they all got a lot of shit from teachers. And mm-hmm. they did the thing back then when they, like, would tie it, one, their left hand behind their back, and they had to be forced mm-hmm. to write with a red. And all three of my grandmother's kids, like, got despondent and stopped talking and weren't you know who they were and then she found out and stormed down to the school and ripped that teacher yeah. a new one and was like you don't do it. and it, it reminded me a lot of that is you cannot bury in 
what's natural to you right because it changes you and it's like it doesn't it doesn't come from a bad place necessarily these people that 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 look at the traditional patriarchy and they look at what's quote-unquote normal and say well what i want is what's normal for my kid or what What is going to make my kid Mm -hmm. not be made fun of or not be teased not be bullied easiest way through life is and so i get that you know as someone that like you know but it's also kind of a fear thing it is it absolutely is because because it has been a part of culture that it Mm -hmm. is this way for this reason for so long and it doesn't even necessarily it's not even like necessarily like i don't want you to be made fun of it's Mm -hmm. like there's the reason why this happens and they don't necessarily even remember the reason exactly. half no, the time. Just, that's why it's just been that way it. it's yeah. been that way for so long yeah the word the word for that is tradition yeah. and right. it's garbage yeah right. and so it's been tradition for so long it's just how we do it that everyone is just kind of like oh no 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 that's that's wrong you can't and that's why well, i think it was so interesting that like his parents are portrayed as like really good people, good people that mm-hmm. have kind of some bad ideas about yeah. about about this thing and i think it 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 it's normalizing this idea that your parents can be difficult, but for the right reasons mm-hmm. because they love yeah. you, but also that they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That they, they're coming at it from a very good place yeah. of from their perspective, there are things that are good and then there are things that are harmful and they are concerned that if, if Aster doesn't do what is in their opinion, right and normal, then it will only lead to bad, harmful things. And of course they love their child and want to protect right. him. Mostly, I'm angry at Grandma. Grandma should have spoke up yes! a long like, time. Grandma, what the fuck was Grandma she doing? has supporting the perpetuation of this bullshit myth. Even though and she apparently didn't even believe in it. Didn't yeah. believe in it. And she herself has been suffering from it. Yeah. How dare you, Grandma? These people carry around this fear because of you. So I'm out of Grams. Yeah. I like how at the end it was supposed to be, oh, Grandma's the only one who gets me. No, well, Grandma's think, the one who puts you in this box. Well, it's, all, it's also part of this thing of victimization get, going through generations. And, like, you know, she was scared her entire life. Yeah. So even mm-hmm. this idea that if she had come out with this and if she had told people that she could shapeshift, that she would be the, you know, just like her brother, that would she be would be ostracized. Except that my only problem with that is they seem to be the only magical family in like the surrounding area she is the one who perpetuated this came from her stories she instilled this fear in her kids because they instilled this fear in their kids well i mean i think in some ways though to 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 be fair to her is that i know i know it's hard um is that she watched her brother go insane from it and she's had enough time to look back on it and decide that the reason he went insane is because they were mean to him and they should have done better Mm -hmm. um but i think in the moment it doesn't feel like that right so i think she has had time as a perspective and i think seeing two generations later her grandson showing these similar signs as as her brother and saying like wow you know, we obviously did it wrong this last time. Because, you know, at the beginning of the book, I think she's, you know, giving Aster a little bit more of a break than everybody else. And I think it's because she, obviously, that he reminded her of her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like, help her brother out, you know, yeah. in the larger scheme of things. Yeah. Well, it's just hard to watch, too, because, like, a single conversation, yeah, you know, or, like, one spilling of secrets. Right. And a lot of this wouldn't mean nearly as difficult. Because yeah, it, was, it was all secrets, you yeah. know. Well, and, like, also, I kind of, I guess maybe just because I, we're all pretty forward-thinking and open to ideas and stuff, 
Um, it's just weird to me, I guess, that not a single other child was like, oh, I think this is probably fine or interested in bucking the system at all. He's the only one who's like, I mean, this feels weird. Not a single, everyone else is like, no, you can't be here. Why can't you change? Not a single other member of this new generation was like, hmm, what if we like. I think they have a very closed society though. Yeah. Sure. They don't go to school. They don't go to real school. They only get their one kind of family unit. So it reminds me of probably places in the South, you know, where you're not allowed to be gay and then you never talk to anyone enough. Yeah. Like nowadays we have the internet. And so I'm sure you find plenty of people on the internet who agree. And and that's one of the things I ended up actually really liking was that he made this friend, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, Charlie's Um, the best. Who, you know, they they did some witchy stuff together, but also she was like lockpicking for dummies on the internet. I was just like this this combination of like witchcraft and modern like street smart sense I love it. She shows up with that bat and he's like, Why do you have a bat? She's like, Bro. (laughs) You told me they're wandering into a witch's coven to fight an evil monster. You just told me monsters are real. She's great. And in that moment she stole my heart. Yeah. No, Charlie was great. Yeah, I like she's a good foil for him because mm-hmm. she's fearless and doesn't care about rules. She either doesn't agree with or doesn't understand. Whereas he is just like swaddled in fear, but knows that this is a thing that he wants to do. Right. But he's too not chicken, but he's too nervous and afraid of bucking. Yeah, to well, do I think, it. No, but he can't do it on his own. Is the problem? He's tried, right? You know, he is trying, and so I think corner, he's robust. Yeah, and the thing is, is like he needs the knowledge they have, and he can't get it. Yeah. Right? You know, if he bucks them too much, right? So yeah. he has to kind of subvert the whole. But man, he has what a third, a quarter, a fifth of the knowledge that all of his witch sisters. And he's have, so good at. He's it. so good at it. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, how do you repress something like that? Well, the other thing is like, how do you? I mean, uh, they didn't, but eventually, watching him being able to do this kind of stuff, how do you then say no? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because like initially, like when he and Charlie kind of came up with their plan, I was like, bro, Charlie can tell your family about the things that you can't tell them that's easy but i also get you know teenage shit yeah teenage everything logic, has to be complicated you know and but when his plan kind of came together and and he knew exactly what to do and when to do it and i was just like it was very impressive yeah. you mm-hmm. know it was it was yeah and i'm thinking about i'm thinking about the other kids and about how mm-hmm. they weren't supportive like you said monty and i wonder if part of it is that he's the only one who wants the other thing Mm -hmm. that for them they're being told this is natural and it also feels natural to them that they're that they're ready for the magic or the shape-shifting and they're excited about what they're getting right and he's the only one who's like actually no i think i think i'm really good at the other thing Mm -hmm. it just reminds me and this is like of like aria and sansa kind of thing Mm -hmm. where like sansa like really took to what she was told to like Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and she was like it took her years to figure out what she actually exactly but she was just like okay this is what i like and so i'm excited about it and Arya basically came out of the womb fighting yeah and aria is just like fuck that noise like i don't want to be a girl you know what i mean like i don't want that because this is what i told that this is I've, I've been told this is what a girl is supposed to be and i don't want to be that and it becomes instead of well let's redefine what a girl is it becomes well i don't want to be a girl right you know and those are two very different things yeah yeah and it's it's definitely it's, it's pretty interesting when you start talking about traditional gender roles yeah. and it's and then there's there's this there's this gray area where you're like okay I don't feel traditionally feminine mm-hmm. because I want to have short hair or I want to, I don't know, ride a motorcycle or do whatever. But then it's um, at what point are you you're uh, so so it becomes like trying to figure out, am I a woman who doesn't like traditionally girly mm-hmm. things or 
am I, do I feel like I'm not actually want to be a woman? Right. Am I more trans or non-gender? And there's, there's so much gray and different spectrum well, things there. And legitimately, it could also just be, do I not like girly things because I don't want people to think I'm girly? That was my huge problem growing up is I didn't want the way in which people treated girls who liked pink and sparkly and mm -hmm. like earrings and quote unquote like feminine nonsense. The way those people were treated and looked at, I was like, nope, I don't want any of that. So I'm not going to like any of that. And mm -hmm. that's the thing is like we should be allowed to like that. If we I like, like that. That yeah. stuff. Who doesn't like sparkly pink things? Well, like, and yeah. everyone likes sparkly well, pink things. Well, and I things. think that's the biggest struggle that, you know, for me is just kind of finding that line, right? Because I'm always like, oh, yeah, I like the, you know, I like colored hair and dark, you know, nails. And I and do skulls. like that kind of stuff, right? And I like skulls and all that stuff. But I also like tiaras. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, yeah. and that's the thing is it's like it's totally fine to like both. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, when we're taught very young you cannot be two things at the same exactly. time which is so crazy because the best part about being human is that you can have two thoughts at the same time and so it's just tough it's hard to reconcile one with the other yeah you can like glitter heels and football you know <laughs> yes, you're you allowed to at the same damn time at the same time you can wear those glitter <laughs> heels at football and you know what you're not less of a fan it's just a lot of, there's just a lot like i am actually just flashing my dad told me once that he knew he loved, he wanted to be with my mom because he took a different girl to a football game and like they, my mom and my dad kind of took a break and he took a different girl to a football game, went to the game, took her home, went directly to my mom's dorm and went, she wore heels to the football game. Will you go out with me again? And I just like, I just flashed on that story that for him, this girl didn't dress appropriately for this date and therefore he wasn't interested in her. Too girly. Because too girly for football. But he liked my mom because my mom was raised in a house that valued football. So she would dress appropriately mm -hmm. for the destination. And I'm like thinking about it now. I'm like, well, that girl thought she was going on a date. Like, yeah. did you tell her you're taking her to a football and game? She was and wearing she heels was, to a football she game. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't into it. Right. You, can, like it. you can wear a short skirt, heels, and a jersey tucked in because you can do what you want. And so like... I'm realizing now I need to give people a bit of a break in this yeah. book. A lot of this is ingrained in you when yeah, you're a is. child it really and it is. comes from your parents. I was actually having a pretty interesting conversation about um, the way that your brain can trick you about smells. Um, a coworker of mine was telling me about how she actually likes the smell of skunk. Kenneth loves skunk. It's so weird. Well, because Don't she she has a distinct memory of when, right. she was no when she was very young. She was in a car with her mom, and they drove by a skunk. And her mom sarcastically said, gosh, I really love that smell. Oh, no. But she was so young that she couldn't differentiate sarcasm. From a statement and of so fact. And so she learned this smell is good. <laughs> and it completely warped her, her brain. brain. Oh, yeah. my goodness. But it's like that. That's the thing is like you if you don't know there's other options. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the whole like growing up as a woman and being a little bit older and realizing like how much going outside of your sphere mm -hmm. of whatever. But like how much of our lives is really defined um, for us yeah. and mm -hmm. how much value that we have to have only in the way that we look and only, um, you know, that that our only power kind of comes from there. Mm hmm. Um, and then kind of learning how to break out of that and mm -hmm. like all of that stuff when you get a little bit older and 
how much you don't know that yeah. until yeah. later. Yeah. Like, you just have no idea that that was what kept you. And even you know? once you know, it doesn't make it any easier. It, it yeah, doesn't. It, still takes, yeah. it takes years to shake it up. I still like, kind of, like, hesitate in buying pink things. Yeah, and I'm like, oh. You bought a pink jacket, though. I did, and I love it. Yeah. It's That is the craziest thing and the most feminine thing I've ever purchased in my entire life, including mm-hmm. dresses. And I almost didn't buy it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember you, like, getting you to buy that blue dress that you wore to birthday prom which was a great dress and because like sometimes and and all options are fine you know like you can you can be a woman who doesn't wear dresses ever and that's fine but if you're if you're choosing not to wear a dress because you don't like the way that people react to you when you wear a dress then that makes me sad yeah and it makes me hope that you would heal that part of yourself mm-hmm. but if you're just like no i really don't feel comfortable in dresses mm-hmm. then i'm like cool man wear a suit yeah yeah do what you do yeah but it, it's unraveling the reasons yeah. why yeah that are so There's difficult there's yes. so much more to unpack than i realized yeah. night and, and that makes you i mean and i think that's why the whole trans thing sounds so complicated and so difficult um well, you have to come to terms inside of yourself, and then yeah. you have to come to terms with what it's going to take, and then you have to realize, How is it worth it? How fucking brave is it? Yeah. Well, that's what's God. so amazing to me, is that it's such a, like, a statement, and I think it's so, like, I'm 35, and I would say that it, it's not even easy for me to necessarily, like, I know myself better than I ever have before, but I wouldn't, like, to be able to distinctly tell the whole world this is who I am. Mm-hmm even though you've seen me this other way for so long, mm-hmm. like the fact that they can, you know, um, yeah, the ones you kind of pick it later in life or they finally come to terms with it later in life. You spend 40 years as yeah one thing. And then all of a sudden you, you have this settled like persona and you're like, Nope, that was not but right. Even at 25, <clears throat> like just having the bravery to just be like, no, this is really not who I am. And I'm going to be this person. Yeah. You know, like that's, from, crazy yeah because i can only view that from the outside mm-hmm. but from from my limited perspective i can't even wrap my head around how scary that must be to have because it's, it's a conversation that you have to keep having it's daily well, i was just thinking like every room you walk into there's a moment where you're gonna know everyone's gonna be staring yeah and it's like this i mean it's on a different level but like when i started dating a woman for the first time and that surprised people you know, and I thought it was going to be this thing where I came out once. And then mm-hmm. one time. Um, but it, what it ends up being is you you come out all the time. It's a constant thing. It's like yeah. you're coming out to your coworkers. You're coming out to new acquaintances. You're coming out. And it's like. Well, you're coming out when you leave stores. And instead of exactly. holding the hand of a different gender, you're holding the hand of the exactly. same gender. And every time you take that person's hand, it's a calculated risk. Yeah. And I don't think I understood that you know way well, back it's, sorry <laughs> three years ago way <laughs> back when, when you know what i mean well it's it's so frustrating too because it all stems back to the gendered roles gender roles decided upon by men mm-hmm. thousands of years ago yeah. you know and we've never as women been able to really get enough or accumulate enough power with enough of us to shake it off to a point where we could until maybe recently where you can kind of do what actually feels right and it's a little easier well and, that's and even thing now that, it's not that well, it's because easy. you have so much internalized misogyny that's the hardest oh, yeah. fucking part yeah. is that we've been taught these things like i still have a knee-jerk reaction 
of, oh, I'm not that girl who wears, you yeah. know, heels and tight dresses and whatever. Even I'm totally that girl. Like, I no. want to be that girl. We're like, all I'm, that girl. I'm into that girl. Like, I like it. I, I want to lo- be that girl. I love makeup. I love the whole thing, you know, and then somehow the line is is a tight dress. Like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, and where did, where does that come from? Oh, no, I'm a cool chick. I understand. You know, and it's yeah. like, ugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah, one of my favorite passages um, from Gone Girl, if you guys are familiar with the book or the movie. The movie. Um, where the main character who, I mean, fuck y'all, it's been out for a while. Yeah, so no, it's, yeah, fine. it's fine. You watch it, it's fine. Um, but the whole premise of the book is she's basically um, building up to her own disappearance as a big fuck you to her soon Cheating be, husband. To yeah. her cheating husband. And one of the most definitive passages when you actually find out who she really is is talking about this idea of a cool girl. And how the cool girl is, oh, she's the girl that doesn't care if you come home late. And she'll drink whiskey with you. And she'll watch sports. And she'll be, like, the cool chick. And don't worry about it. And it's, like, this almost fake thing that you have to present to make people in your life think that you're something that you're not. And, like, the the vitriol. Vitriol? Vitriol. 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 Uh, That she has, um... About, about it. About what she had to do to, you know, land this relationship and be this fake person for however long that she did. And, you know, and half the perspective of the book is this man that's, like, confused about what's happening. Yeah, he's like, life. I thought everything was all right. I mean, I cheated on you, but also you lied to me. And she's like, I'm going to fucking die and you're going to die with me and I'm burning this down. And you're kind of like... <laughs> burning it down. Go, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it also sort of reminds me of... Um, Sarah Anderson, who wrote that um, hyperbole and a half. Mm -hmm. And I love that one. And there's this passage about dealing with depression and about how Mm -hmm. you convince yourself that you're going to be that cool girl who doesn't care about stuff, who doesn't have anxiety and just floats around on on rock music wearing a leather jacket. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be that cool girl. But you just you're just never going to be. that. Yeah. It's yeah. just a lot. It's just a lot to carry around, and it's instilled in us at a very young age. It is. Because I was talking to Beatrice about this the other day that um, it's tough to have emotional conversations with my mother because she comes from a generation that is not really built to quote unquote navel gaze or like look inward and adjust your own shit. Mm-hmm. Where you just kind of like you you live this life that's been laid out for you by your parents until you die, and our millennial generation is one of the first that kind of was given the time and space to have a, a moment where we could do that, where we are really like self and introspective and we want to like better ourselves and think about the world and how we affect it and what our part is in it. And it's the first time an entire generation has been this way. Well, not the first, but you know, it skips every four or so. <laughs> and um, how difficult that is because then that means all the emotional weight of carrying these conversations lies with me because right. my mother doesn't know how to do it. And I realize a lot of the shit that I carry around inside is her own misogyny she got from her father Mm -hmm. and her mother and her grandparents. And I, she just put that inside me when I was too young to notice. And I've just been wrestling with it this whole time. And it's not her fault. It wasn't malicious. That was just what she knew. And like she's carrying her own stuff, but she just accepts it as that's the way the world is. And she raised me to have opinions and to fight and be a voice of my own. And she wrestles with that because she also wants me to shut the fuck up and do what she tells me to. And I'm like, you trained me to do this. Um, And so it's just tough. Like every generation carries around a lot of shit Mm -hmm. from the one before. And every generation wants to be better for their kids. And it's just this weird instilled 
cycle that all just breaks down to misogyny and patriarchy mm-hmm. and gender roles. And if we could just fucking shake them off, oh we'd God. all be so much happier. <laughs> like I was home to see my my family not too long ago for my uncle's funeral. And the whole time I'm wondering to myself if we're going to talk about this giant elephant in the room, which is the fact that my uncle killed himself. Mm. And no, I mean, we. Nope. No, not at once. We we talk about his That's life. So Midwestern. We talk about. Yeah, we, we talk about like who he was as a kid and we talk about how he was a basketball star. And we were talking about his grandkids and we're talking about how much we miss him and like all this other shit. And not at once do we bring that up. And it's just it's just it's just there inside of me this whole time. Mm. And I mean, I would have been OK if we'd had like a big screaming match and people had thrown shit. Yeah, that would have been at least it's there it's out in the open instead i just i just carry it around with me like this like this splinter stuck under my skin that yeah. i can't get out and no one wants to talk about it like my dad just says oh it was a uh, it was a bad thing and now we're just gonna have to we're gonna have to move on mm. yeah that's what i mean like we're one in a while it's like our entire generation is like no i'd really like to discuss this yeah. please like i can't there's other shit i'm carrying around inside of me i cannot also carry this thing yeah. My interior shelves are full. <laughs> <laughs> this is a dumb thing to carry around with me. We should just talk about it. Um, but I, Anyway, which boy? <laughs> I loved no, I this. Mean, it I was mean, great. I think, you know, this is, a, I believe, a book intended for a younger audience. Yes. You know, and so, like, if it wasn't the most subtle thing in the world, I don't think it was supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for kids that are, like, I don't know, middle school, I think, reading yeah. this, I think could be incredibly revelatory well i mean even also for adults reading it it's great that it's not subtle like even our generation we're not all the same the coasts are different from the other coasts mm. and the middle of it's different from the top of the bottom and you know i'm not entirely sure how popular she is in like middle america or the bible belt but someone in a bookstore in the bible belt is gonna pick this up and go this looks weird and it they're gonna get hit in the face with a brick and i think that's good well and i mean we talk about subtle but i keep thinking about how how much i love superhero movies right and superhero movies are very formulaic but just because made of bricks <laughs> but just because you you know the general progression doesn't mean you can't do something fresh within that format right. it's the details it's the details there are only yeah. 12 stories in the history of time it's how you tell the story and while when the demon shows up i'm like i'm pretty sure this is grandpa yeah but that doesn't <laughs> mean that i didn't enjoy the progression and, and i'm discovering it's grandpa. Because yeah it's about aster realizing who it is and mm-hmm. how to defeat him and, and like that's it was such an awesome sequence of events when he realized who it was and knew exactly what to do yeah. to make it right and like, the characters were so good that I love spending time with them and there wasn't a part of this where I felt bored mm-hmm. or where I felt like this is old and I've seen it a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, no, it was fun. I I burned through this. Mm-hmm. I had a good time. I yeah. loved it. I mean, I think we also, you know, I think anything that makes us think the way that we have been. I mean, it's been 37 minutes. Like, ago. we literally <laughs> had an amazing it's discussion. It's not a mini anymore, This is, is not it? a mini. <laughs> we had an amazing discussion about it yeah. and I think that that speaks volumes to yeah. Anything it. that where you start on one topic and, and can pivot into something, mm-hmm. I think um that speaks to all of us in the way that it does you know and if it's 20 minutes not even about the comic it's fine it still is about the comic it is Mm -hmm. yeah it's about what the comic made us remember or think or feel or relive yeah so thank you molly yes thank you molly Uh, yeah i'm immediately gonna go out and buy everything she's ever written probably seems fair all right guys well if you've read witch boy or anything else by the amazing and talented molly ostertag please hit us up you can find us on twitter at Get Interrupted. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Get Interrupted, or send us a much longer message on 
getinterrupted at gmail.com. And until next time, we have sex. I'm almost out of wine. We have a male interloper and <laughs> no. we don't like it. Peter. Let's do this thing. Which boy? Look, could you like be a leader or something? Shut your face. Okay. That's fair. She's not compliant. I am. Not compliant. I I felt like I needed that today. Yo, I'm sad I forgot to put my badass necklace on today. All right. I was like distraught when I left the house. Also, it was 6 a.m. Everybody shut up for four seconds. You won't? One, two, three. Count in your head. God damn it, children. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another bite-sized episode of Girls Interrupting. This week, we're going to be talking about Witch Boy by... Fi- um. oh, <laughs> ah! She knew! We were whispering about how good you were. Shut your face! <laughs> were we going to say Faith there, Nicks? No, it's Molly Ostertag. Yeah, I know who it is. I was just We all know who it is. You apparently do not. I was going to say podcast favorite, uh, but then in my head, I went, I, went, I went fan 
favorite fog, instead. Fog fast pa- favorite. Shut your fucking face. I'll kill you. Oh, ah! two dead members It'll of the two, podcast. Two, oh. And until we pokes herself <laughs> in the eye. <laughs> Guys, headphones are very tight. We're on top of it today. All right. Take two. <clears throat> <clears throat> ha. Peas and carrots. Peas and carrots. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> 